Hello and welcome to this episode on the book Irresistible. The Rise of Addictive Technology and the Business of Keeping Us Hooked by Adam Alter. Now, I think this is a book that becomes more and more relevant as each day passes since with technology getting more and more sophisticated, it's easier to get addicted to technology and it's it's more immersed in our daily lives like now with your phone you can always you always have technology right at your hand so it's very simple to constantly be on your phone and this is what this book is about this book is about how addiction works how many people actually are addicted to their phone talks a lot about behavioral addictions, which a lot of um, phone addictions, video game addictions, etc., all fall under. And in the end, there's also some advice on how to overcome addictions. Now, I think many people don't even realize how much time they are spending on their phones on a computer wasting their time. I was at a party recently and people were constantly checking their phone. It wasn't even that people were just talking, interacting all the time. It was really that people were sitting there in every couple minutes, just scrolling through Instagram, looking at memes. And I actually have that. Uh, I see that in some of my friends that they tend to every moment that isn't exciting. They'll grab their phone, check their WhatsApp, scroll for Instagram. And people perhaps don't even realize how much time they are actually spending on their phone since it's kind of hard to gauge if you're only spending a couple of minutes on your phone uh, throughout the day and not really at one block, which is perhaps why it's easier to tell how much time you're wasting on your computer or playing video games or watching anime or doing whatever because you're actually doing that more in one sitting than your phone is more of this thing that's constantly interrupting your life so there's an app uh, which is talked about in the book now i can't remember the app's name but the premise of it is that the developer of this app felt he was spending too much time on his phone so what he did is he got down developed an app which can track how much time you spend on your phone and after being surprised how much time he spent on his own phone much more than he originally thought he did he made this app public and a lot of people downloaded it and could track their own time or could track how much time they are spending on their phone. And the average uh, usage time of people using this app is three hours. So the average time people use their phone on a daily basis is three hours. And I'm not certain, but I believe some apps which could be counted as productive, let's say, using email or perhaps texting. I'm really not sure. Might have been counted out, but I would dismiss that for now. Let's just say it's it's free hours. That includes everything, even the things that your phone might be necessary for. And yet you got to add to that. These are the average usage times of people that are aware that they're spending too much time on the phone, which is why they're getting a nap. These aren't like your, your average person that just uses their phone. These are people who are aware, oh, how I might be spending too much time on my phone. Let me track it. So the real average uh, of people in developed Western countries using their phone is probably 
a lot higher and i can especially agree with that uh well obviously because it's my uh, my idea uh, when i look at when i look at people i see around me a lot of them are spending a lot of time on their phone and they don't even realize and they don't even see that it's an issue for them and perhaps it isn't an issue for people uh, if you don't have a really a purpose that you're striving for in your life perhaps you don't care if you wasted any time because in the end like what should i have done anyways I've realized in my own life that being on my phone, playing video games, being on my computer is really, I have a problem with that. I very easily get addicted to things, especially I think video games is really a big one for me. Uh, my friends can, can really vouch for this where I often end up, and this is still very recently, end up really getting into a game. I only want to play the game casually, but some games and i'll go over this list uh, in a minute what makes games addictive uh, well I get, I get i get addicted to them quite easily so i really i really realize that it's impacting my life because taking away time i can use for things being productive and i can taking away time i can use to become a happier person i think many people really don't understand like oh why would you not play video games oh why do, why would you not watch television oh why would you not spend time on your phone why are you uh, taking away this uh, happiness from yourself? Or why are you doing no fap and not masturbating? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Are you why are you living this putting these restrictions on yourself that just make you miserable and unhappy? Not only have I realized in my own life that when I play video games, spend time on my phone. Uh, particularly those two things are just waste time on technology. I don't feel that good. I think often, and this is also something that's talked about in the book about behavioral addictions. Often you aren't actually addicted to the behavior itself, but you're more addicted to wanting the thing. So perhaps you're more addicted to the idea of playing a video game than actually playing it. You might be sitting there and you want to do some homework, but you can't get that video game out of your head. Like, oh my God, I have to play it. It's so much fun. And then when you actually play it, it's okay, but it's not great. But this takes some emotional awareness where you have to really be able to gauge, ah, when I'm doing this, I really don't feel that good. But I, I think a lot of people perhaps don't have that. I might be wrong. I think a lot of people really don't aren't aware of how they actually feel. Or maybe they're just in a different mental state where that does satisfy them. When I think back of times where I was really addicted to video games and that was the only thing in my life, I do feel like I, I got some short-term... It's not ecstasy, but it's more... It's that sort of ecstasy energy or vibe uh, when i say energy i don't mean like some abstract material thing i mean like a more of a vibe that you get there's more deep fulfillment and then there's more short ecstasy like like things but i found if you really focus your life on if you really have a, a deeper purpose in your life that even goes beyond of oh i just want to be financially successful or oh i just want this relationship 
And you'll find pursuing those things are deeply fulfilling. Like my friends will sometimes give me, oh, why are you spending all this time meditating? Why are you depriving yourself of all these video games? Not realizing that uh, video games will never truly fulfill you. And I reach way greater gratification from really understanding why meditation is important for my life and what there is to gain from it and also just from actually doing it. Now, not every day is, not every day meditation and, or doing Kriya Yoga or other things is fun. It's more like in the long term, you notice you're more in, in tune with life and that you're happier. Even though some single sessions might be tough, while others are very nice. Thing with phone time and video games is you, you're not gaining anything from it. For meditation, for exercise, for exercising, for eating healthy, you're building a, a good life, uh, a good future for yourself. You're not only feeling good in the present most of the time, better than if you were just wasting your time on your phone, but you're actually. Ensuring your present happiness and the future happiness. Now, sometimes it can be a bit tough in the present, but not always. But in the long run, you're setting yourself up for a good and happy life. I, I actually think it's quite comical sometimes when people really see things like, oh, how to be happy or what's the secret of life of these abstract questions that can't be answered. And they see them as some problems that can't be solved if all they can but I think this is so out of most people's uh, experience because we've so been, cause we've, at least if you're like me, grown up in a culture where that's just so out of the norm that it literally seems impossible. I, I think it's comical uh, when people come in my room and let's say you look at some of the books and I'll have a, a long shelf of uh, personal development books that are, some of them are, I felt for me, profound in a way that I learned valuable insights from them for my personal life and people scan over them and then stop at that one fantasy book that they also heard of like oh my god you read you, you read warrior cats that's so cool that's a book's amazing oh, yeah it's a, it's a great book and I I literally feel like people are blind to this like literally blind the well not literally but It's like it's kind of like there's a treasure chest filled with gold coins and some gold small gold coin piece kind of leaks out from the big gold chest filled with gold coins and people kind of always look or pick around in the sand and find out these small uh, these small gold coins or gold coin pieces. I'm like, oh my God, this is cool. Oh my, look, there's some gold. And kind of just skim over the big gold chest that's there because it's just not in the reality that these things can be profound. A lot of people really think they understand how reality works. And you got to be careful like that I, I don't judge other people like, oh my God, how dare they think they understand reality if they should know that my way of looking at reality is actually true the correct way. Well, what I've noticed is that 
there's more to it than most people think. There's more things, <laughs> right? More things to reality than most people think. Uh, if I'm reading a profound book on this, uh, a lot of these books are actually written by by physicists, uh, high level scientists. Uh, but I'm kind of really getting off journey <laughs> of topic here. Point is, people waste a lot of time on their computers, on video games, on whatever, including me. And most people aren't aware of why, why is this a problem for them in, in their own life because they don't even have a higher thing they're striving for. So they don't really see the cost in losing this time. For them, video games actually seems as a way to be happy, not realizing that there is greater fulfillment to be had in life than playing some video game. Now, here's what makes video games addictive. One big part of an addiction to video games is goals. And I'm taking extracting this information out of the book, Irresistible. Goals are a big part of video games. They give many people, as I previously mentioned, don't have a clear focus or goal in their life. They don't really know what their end goal is striving for, and they don't even see this as an important question. Somehow most people doesn't matter. So I'm going to stop uh, buying down on that point. If you don't have a goal in your real life, a video game will gladly take over. Or even if you just have loose goals in your real life, a video game goal will take over. And this is what I realized for me. Even though I have strong goals in my life, what I want to achieve, goals in video games are so easy, like are so attractive to your to your mind somehow i easily i often get addicted to this game called brahala because it gives you this simple i'm very goal driven oriented so this game gives me a clear goal hey you want to get this rank in this and this time and it's very easy for me to get addictive because i really like achieving goals and that is why a lot of video games will be really addictive because they give you these goals which are relatively simple uh, to achieve in comparison with goals in your real life Another thing that games give you is feedback or also a concept known as juice, where as humans, we very we love feedback, which is why, as an example, as a kid, if you go in an elevator, you see all of these buttons and you realize, oh my God, if I press on this button, it will light up. And that's why kids like to press all the, all the buttons in an elevator, because we love feedback. And a lot of phone games, computer games, they give us feedback. You press on something and then something happens. And this is very attractive. Uh, to the human psyche, which is why these things, technology is so addictive. It's so much juice, which is making things. Well, the concept of juice is a good game. An example again would be Candy Crush, where the developers added juice into the game on purpose before you could kind of just match the candy. And once you get a row, it disappears. That's my rough uh, idea of what Candy Crush is. I've never actually played it. Uh, but then when they added a bunch of sound effects and a bunch of bright flashy things, which is adding juice, uh, that's when the game really took off. Then a lot of games have progress. And there's also another point, escalation. I'm just kind of can't quite recall what the clear difference between them was. So I'm just going to put these two together as one. 
a game progressively gets harder and harder. So you're always in a sort of flow state where, and this is for most games, of course, there, there's exceptions to this, where you always feel like you're just, you know, it's not too easy, it's not too hard, you're in the right spot. Where you always get a, you never actually truly get the sense of mastery, perhaps, but you always feel like you're not too far away from it, making it really addictive because you really feel like you're, well, you're in the zone and you're constantly. This is one of the issues of goals. Once you've achieved the goal, you're done. It gets boring. It's there's no real satisfaction in it. Only very short term which is one of the things the problem with video games and this progress. As soon as you reach one goal, well, then you've got to strive for the next. You're never actually truly satisfied. Then social interaction is a big part of video games. A lot of games, you can interact online with other people. I know a lot of my friendships are actually based on playing video games with friends. There's a great social aspect in video games, which you know, can kind of... substitute an actual social life in your real life so that's something you should be aware of and then another point was cliffhangers which is mostly uh, a problem and when you're watching some series where at the well everyone knows what a cliffhanger is at the end of the episodes sometimes in movies and usually those movies suck uh there's a cliffhanger and you really want to find out what happens. So you're kind of always motivated to watch the next episode leading to you binging and losing a bunch of time of it. So these are the reasons why video games are addictive. There's many more. I suggest reading the book if you want to find out more about this. So these technologies are made to be really, really addictive. And these companies are profiting off you. These companies are making billions. Like some app games are making Millions, I believe some of them might actually be making billions. Some of the top games, I believe Farmville was one of the games that really made a lot of money. I'm sure Clash of Clans and other games in the past also made a bunch of money. And these games are profiting of making you addictive. And I can see the, the lure of playing such a game because I have in the past, but... Most people don't use these things in moderation anymore. And I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you kind of realize that there's an issue there. And I think that's really the first step. If you play video games all day and you don't think it's any issue for you, good. Then I guess from your point, you're wasting your time here. Uh, This is for people that realize that it's an issue for them. And I've realized it's it's an issue for me because it takes time away from ways I could be productive, ways I could be making myself my life better, ways I could be making myself happier. And uh, that time is being stolen from wasting time on my phone, wasting time on computer. Now I'm mostly over my phone addiction. I don't spend that much time on my phone, like except listening to podcasts. Because honestly, I've made my phone so boring. There's really no. I've got all notifications. I've got everything off. There's really. Nothing really much I can do on my phone. Now, since this is, this is a, a book review, the author does give some ideas on how to overcome these addictions. Um, 
one thing he talks about is the best thing to do is not even get addicted in the first place. It's easier to not get addicted in the first place and cure uh, addiction and addiction in hindsight. Another concept he talks about is gamifications. While games are very addictive and most games don't lead to you having a positive and fulfilling life, uh, you can make things that are normally more boring into a game and thereby uh, make yourself addicted to a good thing. Let's say in schools, you could make learning into a game to a fun game, and then people could learn. And we've done studies on this, people learn better through games. So that would be a great uh, way to make schools more interesting. So basically, these same concepts that make a time-wasting game addictive can also make uh, something worthwhile doing addictive. Now, you got to realize when you play a bunch of video games, you're not profiting yourself in the future. Maybe you play this game for six years, and you get really good at it. But in six years, technology will have transformed and changed so much that that game will pretty much suck. And you'll start, you'll start a new game because after a while, the old game kind of seems lame in comparison to the new games. I think of uh, playing Call of Duty was when I was a relatively young kid with friends. At the time, it seemed like the coolest game ever. And now if I would be back playing Black Ops 1, I'm like, what is this shit? It's, uh, of course, not terrible, but in comparison to what you're used to, it's like you won't play it anymore. And that's the game where a lot of the skills you perhaps acquired in Black Ops 1 will be tra um, transferred to the newer games, Call of Duty games. But a lot of, uh, for example, I spend a lot of time in things like Clash of Clans and Clash Royale, and I don't even play these games anymore. So there's so many hundreds of hours uh, invested in these games, which actually brought me no value for my current life and not only that didn't truly fulfill me there in the first place which is you gotta ask why are there so many people that are unhappy or depressed or at least they're not ecstatic now i'm not saying that i'm ecstatic myself but I, i'm seeing that I, i'm getting there I, i'm seeing that I, i'm moving in the right direction because i'm feeling i'm that I, i'm feeling better more calm more relaxed less anxiety and i think a lot for a lot of people, unfortunately, the opposite is true. If it's not true for you, well, that's good. And uh, you don't need to make things problem things into problems that aren't a problem for you. If let's say you masturbate one hundred times a day and you feel great about it every time, well, go on. And this isn't about just taking away things from your life because you believe in some ideology. This is about analyzing what makes you happy in your life and what doesn't, what makes your life better and what doesn't. And then cutting out the things that make your life worse and adding the things that make your life better. And this is sometimes hard work, but in my experience's work is worth it. So this book, Irresistible, talks a lot of things. Prayer addictions, how they got started, it's got a lot of examples. Um, how this is uh, addiction has been a greater and greater problem, some of the ways it affects you, how things are made addictive, and then some small solutions on how to perhaps get over addiction. Now, why did I read this book? The reason I read this book is because I already knew that spending too much time on technology is a problem for me. Well, then you might say, "Well, why did you read? Why did you read the book if you already knew it's a problem? Then you don't need to read the book." But that's not quite true. 
there's, there's a great difference between knowing something and understanding something. And I've talked about this in other podcasts. The basic premise is, I'll, I'll display this premise through an example. Let's say you know you should brush your teeth because everyone tells you, hey, brush your teeth or they're rot. Still, you tell these to all kids and still kids tend to not brush their teeth. Then at one point, they may get a foul tooth and it has to get pulled out and it's very painful. Then a kid understands that they should brush their teeth and then they do brush their teeth because they don't want that pain anymore. Same goes for this. I know that spending too much time on technology is not good for me, but I wanted to read a book that more deeply explains how it works and related consequences that one uh, that derive from wasting too much time on technology so I could deeper understand why staying away from technology is important. And once you deeper understand why you're doing something, that leads to you actually doing it. If you don't understand why working out as an example, is important, um, then you won't work out. If you understand why it is important for you and each person's motivations might be different, then you will do it. And that's really the, the key to doing anything is understanding, well, why is this important? If you don't understand why meditation is important because you've never spend any time investigating it you just kind of assume because you have some cultural notions that were put in your brain uh, of why something is silly uh, you won't do it and perhaps it meditation isn't the right thing for you and perhaps uh, it's just not for you and perhaps you need to do some other things in your life it's not what's meant to be that's okay uh, but if you want to do something the, the important key is really to understanding why all right, so now my rating of the book. I give this book, I listen to it in Audible, a six out of 10. A six out of 10. Why a six out of 10? Uh, I mean, it's still five out of 10, I guess, is the, is the medium. Six out of 10 is a little bit higher than that. And uh, perhaps I hoped more out of the book to, I, I hope the book would give me more knowledge really on to overcome addictions. It talked a lot about the cause of addictions, how more and more people are addicted, but, I didn't find this book super practical. I, it's useful to get this deeper understanding, but I think it doesn't compare to a book like Breath where it's really so many examples, which most of all, I really, really know is when I read a book in retrospect, <laughs> like from reading Breath, I really, really know or understand, okay, breathing through my nose is important. Of why I can't actually remember the exact information of why it was health damaging. I just remember that it was. So that's something one should watch out for. I just, it didn't have that practicalness as to the extent that Breath did. Uh, perhaps you could give this a seven out of 10. It's good to get like this general overview of addiction, where it comes from, but it's kind of lacking on the practical aspect. Well, how does, how do people actually overcome it? And perhaps my expectations on this, I just expected too much out of this book. And in the end, books are there to generate a greater perspective. And it's done this to a certain extent. This is just more of the feeling that I have where this book isn't necessarily life-changing, but it's useful, uh, which is why I give it a 6 out of 10. All right, that's the episode. Now you can still listen for some personal stuff. All right, because I, I always put the personal stuff at the end. Because I hate when I watch a YouTube video and it's like a minute. Like a minute is kind of like the average of people telling, oh, 
So this video, uh, oh yeah, is about, yes, this, but I'm sorry for this uploading and why don't you follow? And, you know, I think this is, this is uh, going to happen on my channel and I have to think about some things. And it's like a minute in, like, dude, just tell me that at the end, which is why I'm doing it here. So the reason I haven't uploaded in over a month is mostly because I've been lazy. I didn't really finish any books. I So I didn't really feel like I had anything of value to offer on this podcast during this time. In addition to that, I have now moved to college and my college classes are starting tomorrow. So I had a lot of moving stuff to do, a lot of things changing in my life. So that was a... There was a factor, but in the end, uh, one can make time for these things. And I honestly just didn't. I, I hope this episode uh, gave you some value. I'll have to see how, how stressful things are, how, uh, how many things I can, I can read and work through so I can bring people listening to this value. Uh, I'm reading a really good book right now, uh, but it's very complex. And I might have to read it multiple times if I really want to understand the concepts deeply enough where I can correctly uh, convey it uh, in this audio form. So I'll have to see. Maybe I'll listen to random episodes talking about whatever or personal experience or what I learned from them. I'll have to see. Anyhow, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Probably going to go for a jog now and... Yeah, I'm excited how college will work, and I'll see you later.